Welcome to episode 184 of Auto Off Topic. Welcome, Brad. How are you? I am here. I am good. Um, I am living. How are you? I'm doing well. We're uh, getting along, getting along. And uh, let's talk some cars because can't do any car stuff. Uh, oh, we can do gonna... solo car stuff. Oh, that's true. We just, we just can't do car events. See, a big thing, though, of, of working on cars is, is often you work on it with your friends. and uh, But, you know, a lot of times I would work on my stuff by myself just because I enjoyed it. So there is that, too. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of keep yourself occupied during these uh, times of change when you can't do a lot of things you normally would do. You could certainly go on a solo drive. Uh, that is perfectly acceptable. Yep. You as long as cars exercised. Yeah. As long as when you stop for fuel, you wear gloves and clean yourself up afterwards. You kind of should have, anyways. But uh, well, now it's like extra important. So I actually put a bunch of gloves in the cars so that when I go to the gas pump, I have them. So yeah, I've, I've done the same. Um, well, regardless of that, we do have some other sad news. If you're a country music fan, uh, Kenny Rogers passed away. Yeah. And we bring that up because he was also involved with cars too. Um, not that it's not sad when he passes away. And even if you're not a huge country music fan, I mean, Kenny Rogers was well known to everybody, but he was also involved in dirt track racing all through the seventies and eighties. I didn't know any of this stuff, which is pretty interesting. He's got some campy seventies race car movie too. I kind of yeah, want to watch six, now. six pack. I think it's called. Yeah. It's, it, it reminds me kind of like a stroker ace, kind of like not very serious race car movie. Yeah, it's but kind I, of a good time. I haven't, time seen, to watch I haven't seen it like either. That. Yeah, exactly. If it's available anywhere, it's a good time to watch it. Yeah. I don't know if it's one of those movies that's uh, well known enough to be available streaming anywhere. It's probably on YouTube in pieces or something. Yeah, it is. Or for uh, like a dollar. It is on Prime. I don't know if you got to pay for it or not, but it's definitely on Amazon Video. So, no, but he was involved with uh, a chassis company. So his music promoter was a big sprint car guy. Um, his name was, uh, something Spurlock, CK Spurlock, I think his name was. Um, and he had this chassis company and everybody already knew Kenny Rogers and he kind of worked out a deal with Kenny Rogers where he turned his chassis company into the name of the album that Kenny Rogers was releasing, huh? which was called the gambler. So it became gambler sprint car chassis. Oh, so it was more of like a cross promotion thing. That he, so Kenny Rogers himself wasn't like super involved in the development or building of these cars. He was more like, I guess you call him a hype man at that point about these race cars. Any like financial stuff? Did he had like- a little bit of he had a little bit of financial interest in it because his name was the name of his album was on it. Right. Um, and the Gambler chassis was like super successful and won the championship a couple of years. So it did very well for everybody and everybody on. On both sides, everybody made out like it was free advertising for both teams at that point. So they sold a bunch of chassis because of his interest in it. And they had his name at every track, which, you know, dirt tracking is probably certainly synonymous with country music. So it just kind of fit, you know. So it knows his base. Yeah, for sure. So it's really neat. Um, They. uh, they basically their big thing was Steve Kinzer was the big sprint car racer at the time, and the uh, the Gambler chassis was 
one of the ones that they thought could beat Kinzer in his cars, and and it did a couple of times. So it's kind of a neat story. He's not like it's not a super deep like Kenny Rogers Racing Team, but it was Kenny Rogers Racing Team was the name of the the team. So it's really neat. That's cool. But yeah, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. He made some uh, good early country music, and he's from the era of country music that we can tolerate here at Auto Off Topic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm really into Orville Peck now, new stuff. I don't know what that is, but... I've played it for you. Probably. I'll, I'll take you He's like a cross between like Roy Orbison and like Johnny Cash. And <laughs> then with like The Cure or something, like Dark Wave. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. Yeah, I'll look it up later. That's for sure. Um, But speaking of strange movies or obscure kind of cult movies. I still haven't watched Thunderbolt. I keep meaning to watch it. I know it's on Amazon. Yep. It's, it's like definitely bucks. in my wheelhouse. Yeah. We should definitely both watch that this week. So we can talk about it next week. Yeah. So that's the Jackie that. Chan, Jackie Chan movie that has the entire cast of cars is from Mitsubishi motors. And it's all like right, golden era Mitsubishi. It's all Evo threes and eclipses and, Monteros and all the good stuff. That'll be my uh, my homework for the week. And yes. then, you know, speaking of early Evos, we kind of got back into Forza because uh, us and a bunch of friends wanted to do some car stuff. So I was looking this afternoon before we came on. They don't have early Evos in that game. I really no. wanted to do an early Evo. No, Evo 7, I think, is the oldest car in the game. Maybe even uh, six. Six. Oh, there is a six? Okay. Yep. But I wanted like a one, two, or three. Because I wanted to do like a pleasure Evo inspired type car. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they're not in the game. It must be some licensing thing. Some other game yeah. probably owns the licensing for them. Yeah, it's weird. But no, I started but, playing it again myself last night, so that's uh, I'm excited to get back into it. I'm right. really bad at drifting. Again, I was better, and now I'm bad again. Well, we'll just have to play enough so you can get better at it again. So. Um, Oh, so my gamer tag trail, trail, is... Trail breaking. Trail breaking is the key. That's true. My gamer tag is raced in anger. So if people are on there and maybe we'll get some other people, we can play fours or something. Yeah, something. we have we have four or five people who are already doing like a not series race series with, not serious yeah. race series with, and yeah. we can certainly have a few more. My gamer tag is uh, Brad Bomber 518 which goes back to... Uh, early online video game days. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that, that'll be fun to get back into that. I was back into it playing last night. I know that uh, the group we're in, we're doing kind of a joke class. We built C-class. Um, GMC uh, vans. Yeah, GMC G vans. So I spent way too long looking for liveries and tuning that thing to cut like a 102 at Lime Rock. So it should be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with all the... Motorsports, unfortunately, canceling uh, for reasons. The esports, which has been a thing for a while, especially racing sims, really came to the forefront this weekend with NASCAR announcing that they would partner with iRacing out of Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Are they really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we know a couple of people that work there from the SCCA that we've, the local SCCA group. Oh, I, I was uh, totally unaware. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I think one of the people, you know, uh, 
I'll just say his first name, Neil. I know Neil listens every now and then. So, yeah, I know he works for iRacing last time I talked to him. Um, yeah, so they did like this e-racing NASCAR series where they got a bunch of NASCAR drivers that had sim setups to race in a, it was like at the, it was at Homestead, quote unquote, Homestead, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> uh, and they all stayed at home and raced over the internet and they broadcast it with live commentary from the actual NASCAR commentators. And it was like, if you're like, I put it on the TV because I was also working on my kitchen that I'm remodeling. And if I'm like 10 feet away looking at it on the TV, you're like, oh, it's a NASCAR race. And then you get close to like, oh, that's a video game. But it like, wasn't that weird? It, like, I don't know. I, think? I have an opposite thought. I thought it was really weird. Really? Um, well, it's obviously it's cool. It's, it's obviously a video game. I mean, you're not going right. to trick the average viewer into thinking it's not no. a video game. Um, but I thought it was strange because the commentators were just acting like it wasn't a video game when they were calling it. I mean, they, they obviously they mentioned it from time to time when like video gamey things happened, like the drivers could hit the reset button. Um, I don't know, but it was kind of like. It, the fact that they weren't taking it super serious, it was kind of fun that way. Everybody was having fun. And that's what made it really like, like, yeah, this is really cool to just see, especially when they would cut to the drivers in their houses and the vastly different racing setups, the sim setups. Yeah, I thought that was strange. Some of the guys had like these giant racing rigs and some of them had like a Logitech wheel clamp to their desk. Like it didn't yeah. seem like there was much of a, I, don't I, know, I figured for like, sure. I figured for sure they would all have like a spec setup, but no. Maybe, maybe if they keep doing it. But it was funny because one of the guys, he's a younger guy. I don't even know his name. I don't. I don't remember him from anything. They're like flipped to his the camera, and it's like in his basement or something. And like the there's no drywall, and the the insulation is falling down. They're like, why can't you afford any drywall to <laughs> finish your basement? It was just super like funny and weird, but. I don't know. So I here's the question. It. Did it hold your interest? It did because it was so unique and the race was short. It only did a hundred laps. Yeah. I think 75 of them were into caution. Uh, I think I would like to see it eventually. It would be kind of a fun thing to do during the off season. Not if they don't want to do it every week, but if they did it like once or twice a month during the off season, it'd be kind of fun to watch. So here's what I, my, my takeaways from it was. It did not hold my interest. I watched it for maybe 10, 15 minutes while I oh, really? Yep. Um, because to me, I'm watching a video game and I know there's a whole market now with, was it Twitch and YouTube and all this stuff where people watch people playing video games and I can't get into it. I don't understand it. It's not, it's not my thing to me. This was that, but just watching a professional person play a video game. Like there's no, and I don't want to sound like, you know, looking for blood sport here, but there's no, there's no chance for like human error or people don't have to take things carefully because it's just a video game. They can just smash into each other. And you saw a lot of that. There wasn't a lot of like true competition or really good racing, or it wasn't any kind of like, I when, when video games are involved, I need to have a horse in the race to stay interested. Like I need to care. Like there needs to be either me playing or me like in a tournament waiting to play, or there needs to be some reason for me to care. I just I don't I can't watch it and be like, this is a good substitute for watching an actual race because I don't think it is. 
uh, I'm kind of into it. But what I would like to see actually is so over on it was on Fox Sports one, then on regular Fox to fill the time. Uh, and I guess it wasn't in your market, but in my market, they replayed the 86 like Miller 400 from Richmond. And yeah, I definitely wanted to see that. Like Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler car. So Dale Waltrip in his old Budweiser car. These all G bodies, Aeroback, uh, Monte Carlos, like really cool looking NASCARs, the big Thunderbirds. Uh, and they were just battling out like short track. Um, I really like watching those car when those cars come out of the corner and they're like a little bit sideways coming out of the corner. It's like really, really cool. So my idea was what if we took the e-racing and what if everybody ran retro styled cars? I don't like, think it, I don't think it makes a difference. I think I, I'd cool. rather watch I'd rather watch no the, safety involved. So why I'd rather, rather watch, watch the eighty six race than watch people recreate it on a video game. So w- the one thing that I, I did take away from it and I, I did kind of think about during it was maybe if they made it where there were penalties for not taking it serious because some of the drivers clearly weren't taking it serious. Um, and you had a mix of NASCAR drivers and not NASCAR drivers, like just esports guys, video game guys that are really good at the game. And it was kind of like a beat the pro both ways. Like the NASCAR driver has to try to beat the guy who's really good at video game driving. And the video game driver has to beat the NASCAR driver who knows all the little ins and outs of every racetrack. And then maybe come the end of the season, kind of like PlayStation did back with the Gran Turismo championship, you could give these the winner of the esports side like a chance to run a couple laps and see if he can replicate it in a real car. And maybe there was some way to to promote that to be like a stepping stone for these video game players to try to get maybe a ride in NASCAR. I mean, that does exist. You you did mention it. That was PlayStation and Gran right. Turismo. Yep. Um, one of the guys actually ended up running for Nissan at Le Mans and their failed Le Mans car. I think the kid ended up getting another ride, though. I don't remember. But yeah, maybe. I mean, I, th- I thought it was I personally I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was kind of different. Uh, interesting. Definitely made me want to watch it. I guess a F1, lot of um, F1 did it too. F1 did it. Cart did it. Or Indy. Um, IMSA did it uh, for Sebring. Um, of course, you can also do Forza in Sebring too. You don't have to do it in iRacing. But I mean, iRacing looks really good, but I'm sure it's, it's a PC game only, right? Yeah. yeah. And. Which um, I have no problem with PC games. I just don't have a PC. <laughs> well, I guess the appeal of iRacing is that people can mod mod it, so they'll like create their own versions of tracks. Maybe I could be speaking incorrectly, but I believe that's the way it works. Where you can do that. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to say I'm not computer savvy, but I'm not computer savvy enough to have like a video gaming computer and maintain it as such so i'm happy with no that's Xbox. why i just yeah. use a yeah a console because i'm lazy and it just it works right i have too much money wrapped up in cars and model cars to start a whole other hobby yeah there is um i know people are doing like um rally stuff with dirt rally which is pretty cool yeah i mean that game is 
probably the closest thing for a sim for like PC or for a, like a console, the way it drives in the game. Oh, I know I'm no good at it, so I'll, I hope that uh, I'm a little better at driving a car in the dirt than I am in that video game because it's pretty terrible. I mean, it's a great game. I'm just terrible at it. Yeah, it's no, it's hard. It's like a really hard game. Like you'll have this total rhythm, especially if you're doing it like full hard and then you're just like full send it into the trees and you're like, oh, OK, I guess my yeah. rally's over. All done. No, no more. No more racing. But back to the real world, you have been at least able to work on the Toyota by yourself. So how is that going? Uh, mostly well, actually. Um, obviously <clears throat> how deep do we talk about Have we had an episode about the truck yet? I think we have, right? You have about picking it up. I think. Okay. Maybe what it needed. Um, so kind of, Oh, you talked about going through all the parts you had and figuring out what to do. Okay. But I don't think you've talked about what you've updated me on, which was cleaning it thoroughly and then starting to go through the engine. So let's do that. All right. So I cleaned it thoroughly and I started to go through the engine. No, I, I took okay. If you look at pictures from when I first got the truck, when I first posted it, um, you can see that the bed is full of stuff and the cab is full of stuff. And I discussed kind of going through all those parts and <clears throat> figuring out what we had and what we didn't have and what I needed to to, to get to make the vehicle run. Um, thinking I had pretty much everything, I dove right in this past weekend. I tore the motor apart, um, basically doing the... Front cover, timing assembly, head gasket, and and all that stuff. The motor was free spinning, but not free spinning. Like you could only spin it so far because the timing chain had been lodged down in the bottom of the crank, like around the crank. It was like double wrapped and kind of had been spun too many times prior to my getting it with the chain not attached to anything. So it was kind of jammed in between the timing gear and the tensioner. Now, crank crank gear, I should say, and the tensioner. Have you come to a consensus of what engine is in there? Because there is several comments on our Instagram page, a little confusion as to what engine it was. Uh, it is, it's a 20R. Okay. So it's a 78 model. At some point, it's been rebuilt because the pistons aren't stock pistons. Okay. It should have like a domed piston and it's got a flat top piston. Interesting. So somebody put so different Lower compression. Yeah weird yeah i'm not sure what the advantage is or maybe they're supposed to be i i don't know what whatever's in there is not what's supposed to be in there i don't know enough about toyota engines to, to i don't have. know anything about these 20r 22r so the hot setup is the 22r which is a 2.4 liter well this is the confusing part because the 20r you would assume would be a 2 liter and the 22r would be a 2.2 liter 2.2 yeah but apparently it's not the 20r is a 2.2 liter and the 22R is a 2.4 liter. Okay. Right. Go home, Toyota. You're drunk. <laughs> so apparently the hot setup is the 22R bottom end um, with a 20R head because the 20R head flows better than the 22R head does. So people are saying, hey, you should um, get a 22R bottom to put in the truck and you already have that you know, harder to find 20 hour head. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that because I'd like to just make the thing run. Yeah. Let's make sure it runs first. And then maybe you can think about taking the engine out, but let's try the engine that's in there. 
Well, here's the thing. The deal right? is I, I want to make it run. I want to make it drivable. I want to make it usable. And I don't want to dig myself into this huge hole of having another unfinished project because that was the whole deal with this truck was if I don't get it finished in four weeks from getting it, one month, or at least I should say running within a month of getting it, I'm just going to move it on. I'm going to get rid of it. So there's Fair no enough. need. Yeah, there's no need to keep pushing along with it. Um, timing wise, it hasn't worked out the best because of the whole situation that we're in right now and the moving to home from working and the garage the truck is in is actually closer to work than it is from home. So now it's a pain, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the plan was just to drive over after work and work on it. But now that I'm working from home, it's now at that time of the day, like an hour or so drive to get to it. So I've only been working on it on weekends, unfortunately. Um, but I think it may run this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the whole thing's torn down. Um, I thought I had all the parts. I needed to put it back together. Unfortunately, I did not. Um, the gasket set that came with it was incomplete. So it looks to me like somebody did a water pump on this and a timing chain. Right. And never finished putting it, it together. Oh, okay. Yeah, and never finished putting it together. Because when I took it apart, the timing chain itself looks brand new. There's absolutely nowhere on the tensioner and nowhere on the guides. So it all looks brand new, like it's never even been run. Um, and all those gaskets looked fairly new. So, of course, that gasket set that I thought was complete doesn't have the water pump gasket or the front cover gasket because they were used when they put the front of the motor together. Do you need any manuals for it? Because I have, like, a bunch of those 80s, like, Chilton manuals hanging around. Yeah, I don't have a manual. It. I don't have a manual for it. It might just cover at least that timing part of that engine. So looking at it, it looks pretty straightforward. And I watched a video online about it. It um, looks like a Starian engine. It looks like a serious. It, it looks like a, a Yeah, a generic 1970s Japanese car. Yeah. Um, it has, you know, single overhead cam. So there's nothing crazy. You just basically put the engine at uh, cylinder one at top dead center. And you line up the Woodruff key on the crank. And on the camshaft, there the, the cam gear is keyed, and there's a dot, and that has to be at the very top. Like so, the Woodruff key on the crank has to be straight up, and the cam gear on the top has to have the dot straight up. And then you put the master link or the different color link of the chain at the top point of the cam gear. And, yeah, that sounds like everything. Yeah, and essentially you're timed. That's you're at you know zero degrees right there. It's perfect, and then you time it with the distributor afterwards so that's what it seems like i mean i i'll do a little more reading obviously before i put it together but it seems like it should be pretty straightforward <laughs> so but anyway so i got it apart i got it all cleaned up it's ready to go back together uh the head is flat the block is clean the block is flat everything seems like it should work um the gasket set needs to be ordered still um i hadn't kept meaning to do it this weekend shouldn't get around to it we're recording this on a Monday, so I'll probably order it when we're done with this podcast so I can have it by the end of the week and uh, hopefully have the thing together next week and at least have it at a point where we can turn it over. Maybe not run it, but at least have it so I can crank it over. Um, I'm kind of undecided on what I want to do for carburation at this point because it has a very antiquated late 70s carb setup on it. Um, and it's got a bunch of EGR and 
uh, smog pump and all kinds of stuff that needs to be figured out before I go too crazy with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, does it make sense to do the Weber conversion? Yeah, supposedly they run better and possibly even cleaner just by running a Weber versus running the factory setup on there. They run more efficiently, I should say. Maybe cleaner is not the right word, but more efficiently get better mileage and they just run better with a standard $200 Weber. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, I may try to get it running just with the other carb just to make sure everything works before I purchase a Weber for it. But I think eventually I'll just get a Weber. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast we talked about it, but coming from the world of old Mitsubishis, it's very nice being in this Toyota land where everything just exists. Yeah. You don't have to like search far and wide and drive seven states away to buy a parts car because you can just go on the internet and buy all the parts. Yep. For like nothing. Like if I wanted, I could buy a hotter cam, a long tube header and a carb and manifold set for like $500 for everything. Hmm. Not just for one of those parts. That's literally everything. <laughs> so the, the the options and the future of the truck is is a lot better than it than it is trying to mess with a seventies Mitsubishi engine where stuff is just non-existent. So we'll see what happens. I I really hope that I get it at least to the point where I can crank it over this weekend. I'd love to have it running this weekend. We'll see how ambitious I am. Um, it's going to require probably two straight days of wrenching to get it there. Um, while I was working on it and realized it was out of gaskets, I said, well, I'll do a little more cleaning to things. So I dropped the pan from the bottom. Um, looked inside there. Everything's nice and clean. There's not a lot of like metal shavings or things that don't belong there. Um, I also noticed that it has no uh, slave cylinder on the side of the transmission. Is it a cable clutch? No, it's hydraulic. It's just missing. Oh, well, that's so, a problem. Yes, I have to buy one of those now, too. <laughs> it's going to require me to make the line as well that comes from the body to the cylinder. Oh, well, I'm, the copper stuff, super easy. Yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal. I Just, just make sure you have the right end fittings, which are likely metric. Oh, yeah, definitely metric. But I don't have the flaring tool access that we have in Massachusetts garages. So I'll probably have to rent one from AutoZone or something. Yeah. I'm sure they rent them there. Um, any idea what the mileage is on this truck or is it? So the dashboard shows 77,000. Um, I believe it's probably at least 177,000. Um, I have no way of knowing. The title says unknown mileage. So I, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to assume that it's 177,000 and not 70. I mean, it could even be 277,000 for all I know. So it, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> you know, we're talking about a truck that's not exactly, it's, we're not talking about a, you know, $30,000 pickup truck here. We're talking no, about no, no. a vehicle that's just going to run around and be used does for hauling it have, um, So does it have an electronic ignition in these cars or? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think. God, I hadn't even looked yet. I mean, maybe. The distributor's, never... out, the distributor's out with the cap off of it. Oh, that'll that... tell you right away. No, the, the, the cap's on it, I mean. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I haven't pulled the cap off and taken a look. Well, you would see it would have an electrical connector to it. Well, what do you think? Way? Whether it was electric ignition or not, it's still going to have electrical connections going to the points or an electrical connections going to. I, I can look real quick. I think it probably has points because it's 78 and it doesn't yeah. have anything else. More, more than likely it's got a points ignition. I just haven't even looked. I'm not even at the point where I've got to the <laughs> any reason to look that deeply into it yet. So It's just funny. I don't, because those trucks just didn't last out here. I don't think I've ever seen one, really. I've only seen a very few of this body style. You see the later ones from time to time. The 79 to 84, I think it was, or 83. You'll see those, but you don't see this body style. Even out here, you don't see them. You see more Datsun pickups of this generation than you see Toyotas. It's actually funny. When I was driving home from working on it this weekend, um, so the truck is a 78 long bed, blue with a white stripe down the side. I tried to catch a picture of this other truck, but I didn't get it. It was being towed on a dolly and had clearly been rescued from sitting somewhere forever. But it was a similar year, Datsun long bed in white with a blue stripe down the side. Huh. I was like, that's like the exact opposite of my truck. It's the Datsun versus Toyota, and it's the inverse paint scheme. So I thought that was pretty neat. But I got, I got a picture of it, but I couldn't post it because it was only the quarter panel I got driving by. I missed the, the main part of the... Uh, the truck going by so all right i'm on rock auto right now because this is an important question to answer I'm looking for electrical oh if it has them yeah so they don't list any points hmm uh, i just gotta find ignition that's interesting um i'm just trying to think of the cool car stuff, but I haven't really done much. I've been working on my kitchen, you know, this old house type stuff. Uh, okay, uh, so it has a a points style pickup coil. <laughs> okay, so it probably the factory almost looks like they use the same distributor for the older truck and the newer vehicle, and this has a electronic ignition, but it looks like points. So there you go. The pickup coil seems like it would be almost like a point setup, but it's not a point setup. There's no moving parts. It's all magnets, it looks like. So it's almost like a factory uh, um, Petronix conversion. Huh. Now, have you checked, like, fuel tank or anything? Is it like... So the vehicle uh, ran five years ago. Okay. So the fuel in there is at most five years old. Um, I'm not terribly worried about it until I make sure the engine runs. These are all things that I'm just not worried about yet. I, oh, I, so you can put some fuel down the carb and... Oh, exactly. I can just run a line into a, a fuel tank. I'm not going to try to run oh, it in right, the fuel. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not going to try to run it in the fuel in the tank. I'll drain that and get rid of it, but... I'm, uh, um, I'm such in fuel injection land that I forget that, yeah, you can just run a hose into a jerry can just to make it run. Yep. That's the entire plan for now. And then we'll worry about the tank afterwards. So like I said, the, the plan is to not spend any extra money on this truck until I realize what I have all told in front of me. So I don't want to wind up, you know, 
to to quote uh, Ron LP, he calls one of his vehicles the Albatross. I don't need to turn this truck into an Albatross. It just needs to be as minimal as possible to make sure it runs. And then we'll start doing little things here and there to make it more usable, cooler, reliable, drivable as a usable pickup truck. So what's the Albatross connection? I don't, he just calls it the Albatross because it's, it's big. It's there. It's always okay. broken. Okay. So I don't want to have right. uh, I don't want to have an Albatross of my own, even though I have like huh. twelve of them still in Massachusetts. That's I guess I would have said Money Pit, but well, yeah, that's, that's where everybody goes with. I was looking for a little more, a little more creative than uh, than the Money Pit, but every car is a Money Pit, so I need to define it a little more than that. I think. So, good news, the Eclipse didn't get towed. I don't know if we talked about that last podcast. Yeah, how they're like, that car has two pounds too little air in the front tire. Time to tow it. Yeah, it had like 11 pounds of air in it, and I got a tow notice on it. Bring it to the junkyard. Yeah, pretty much. So, good news, it did not get towed, and it's running and driving. So, Slightly old car in Phoenix belongs in the junkyard. Yeah, that seems to be the way around here. (laughs) Minimal damage, throw it in the junkyard. Thankfully, I managed to not get that done to it. So there's air in the tire and life is good. I do need to do something about those wheels, though, because they are still, they leak slowly. It sits, yeah. for, a couple, it sits for a couple weeks. It is noticeably lower, so I need to. Did you ever get the center caps? I did. I had them on for uh, the pictures of the car at Radwood. Did you not see that? Nope. I didn't see any pictures of that car in Austin. Okay, so I had the hubcaps on. Um, I took them off again for the drive home just because I need to manipulate the uh, clips a little bit to make sure they stay on when being driven. Yeah, that'd be super annoying because they're kind of hard to get, I guess. Yeah, they're a little bit of a pain in the butt. But I will send a picture or I'll post a picture on our page um, of the car at Radwood Austin with the center caps on it. I uh, didn't take too many pictures at Austin because I was busy, but I do have one picture of it. And I know that another picture of our, another picture of ours, another friend of ours took a picture of it and had it on his page. So where you can see the hubcaps. So they do exist. But I haven't done anything with them because I need to make them fit. I need to paint them, paint them to match the wheel. So, or paint the whole wheel or whatever at some point. We'll see what happens. Oh, plastic of them, they kind of fade or they turning yellow or something or? they're yellow and gray yeah they're a little oh yeah because i'm sure you remember the center caps for the talon wheels mm-hmm. the gray turned to yellow pretty quickly as the color actually peeled off so these I are i feel like yeah that was a thing for 90s cars where the base plastic would be like yellow yep like a lot of cars when the paint would flake off the bumper would be yellow like the urethane or whatever yep yep and that's what's happened to these upcaps, the same kind of yellow color. So, I know. I was just looking at my talent. I moved it out of my garage so I could uh, I put it in my dad's garage because I need some space during construction for stuff. And uh, the front bumper, the, the flaking part's getting kind of bad. I need to like figure out what to do with that. It's um, got like a little. It's got like a little tear tattoo under the under the uh, headlight. I would say paint it. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, I I don't know if it's better to just take the bumper off and give it to someone. Uh, the match the that's bet would be find somebody that wants to do the job, um, bring the car to them to have them match the paint, 
but have yeah. but have the bumper off. Yeah. That way you don't have to pay somebody to do the labor of taking yeah. the bumper off and everything. Because I need to take it off anyways to do the intercooler. Um, so that would be a good perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah, paint yeah. is a pain in the butt. It's one of those things you can't really do at home well. Yeah, especially bumper paint because, well, they'll probably sell it to you in the spray can, but it's not going to come out well. I don't know. It just won't look the same. It's, it's hard I, to do. Uh, I just... If if it wasn't for how bad the Eclipse door looked, I wouldn't have painted it with a spray can, because it's it looks okay, but it still bothers me every time I look at it because it's not perfect. Yeah, it's worth the two or three hundred bucks. It is if that to paint a bumper. Yeah, it's a little more. a little more than that now, probably. Really? Ugh. Yeah, probably three or, three or four hundred bucks. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say like a thousand. No. No, I mean, it can be. It depends on who you want to have do it and what their body rate is. But you need to find somebody who's not stuck on only doing insurance jobs. Yeah. yeah because that's the problem. A, a bumper job through insurance is, you know, the shop will make eight or $900 versus the customer mm-hmm. off the street who wants to pay 200 So it's hard to... Yeah. It's hard to catch that balance. So... Unfortunately, I don't work there in a body shop anymore, so I can't help you. There is a local shop right near my house that does a lot of custom cars, so maybe I go over there, check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a good one to talk to anyway. Yeah, at least, yeah. See what they say. Won't say their name until they do a good job for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I haven't been doing much else, Andrew. I've just been working on, uh, working on the Toyota. So... Yeah, I've been, uh, it's, over, it's over in um, in uh, Jordan, not Jordan, who's been on the show, Jordan, but a different Jordan's garage, Naomi's son. Um, so I've been learning a little bit from watching him work on stuff too, because he does audio stuff. Yeah, and uh, like competition audio is completely foreign to me. Yeah, I wanna I gotta ask him some questions about that at some point, because I know like he bought a new vehicle. But it's like a vehicle I would never, ever buy because it's not that great of a vehicle. But I imagine he bought it because it has a lot of space. Yeah, it's for audio gear. Like it's a yeah, it's small so round SUV, which has tons of room for audio gear. So strange. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that he was doing to it was he built this bracket to put a second alternator on it. And I've never, I never knew you needed to run two alternators for things. Like twin alternators is not a term I've ever heard before. I know, and it probably sucks like fifty horsepower off the engine, like a reverse supercharger. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I know he's got <laughs> a two hundred and eighty amp alternator and a three hundred and fifty amp alternator in the car. What? Yeah. <laughs> and to put that into comparison, like the Colt has a seventy five amp alternator. How many? How many batteries? Like, does he use like? Like Optima batteries or something like deep cell stuff. Like oh no, it's it, it, you're way behind on technology. Oh really? Oh yeah, we're into like lithium and stuff now. Like Whoa. yeah, like like RC car battery technology, same kind of stuff. All right, I, this is something we should do at least one episode on because it's kind of weird and it's off topic for us. So that'd be good. Yeah, way off topic. But it's it's interesting. I mean, he literally. I was standing next to the car and he turned the stereo up and turned the bass on and it like blew my hat off my head. So 
What? Like legitimately it puts that much air through the system. So so it's crazy. The truck is wild. I mean, it's it, there's a a beam like it looks like a roll a roll bit, uh, excuse me, a roll bar when you drive by the vehicle. But what it is is roll bar tubing that is welded to the floor and then from like behind the drivers and passenger seats up to the roof. And then it's to hold the roof down when the base hits so it doesn't blow the windshield out every time. Uh, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. But it's necessary because, I mean, you can watch the whole vehicle just like, it looks like it's going to fall apart on itself. So weird. Yeah, it's very bizarre. But it's cool. So it's just a different way to be into cars. I just, I've never been into competition audio. I honestly didn't even know it was still a big thing. Um, apparently, I don't think it is out here. Apparently, but... it is because at that IFO show, which they do out there, the import face off, they have these big audio comps at them. It's just so far outside of our like, yeah, our knowledge base and our interest that we just don't even know it exists. Hmm. So I learned a lot about these IFO shows. Like they have an audio competition, but we always complain about the cars popping and hissing and whatnot at, at uh, cars and coffees, like the, uh, yeah. the purple tunes and the two-step yeah. people, they have two-step competitions. Yeah. I know that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing until yeah. into this IFO show out here, which apparently it's a nationwide thing. Now I just, I don't understand it. I'll never get it. It just seems like violent terribleness to put towards your car. I'm curious to see uh, what kind of stereo puts in the Eclipse for you. It's going to be very simple. <laughs> yeah. I don't need anything like that. I just need four speakers and maybe a very small subwoofer. In the Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not looking for uh, competition audio that adds all kinds of weight to an already overweight and underpowered car. So we'll live, right. we'll live without that. All right. Cool. So as always, follow out off topic podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. And uh, Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. Don't forget to follow us or everybody involved with the project at the Gearhead Project Forums. Um, and again, if you're interested in joining us for Forza, we are getting back into Forza. So just drop us a line and uh, we'll try to set you up on uh, getting involved with some races. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram, Race in Anger. And uh, as always, keep your cars analog, be nice to each other, and aim for the roses.